How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. This podcast is part of the Across the Board Sports Podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? I'm wearing my new wig. No. <laughs> my hair is too poofy, guys, for you on YouTube watching. It's it's poofed. Like my barber is sick and I can't get a haircut. And so the visor is going on today. I'll do a little Disney by here for YouTube. See the Mickey Mouse? Oh, okay. Everything's always Disney, sir. I haven't rocked a visor in years, man. But you know, I could I can imagine you, you don't strike me as somebody who cares really about their hair being perfect all the time. I know you style your hair, obviously, but I would imagine if you want to block out the sun or kind of look stylish and, and keep your hair looking nice, that's the way to go. Here's the thing. I care nothing about my hair, like nothing. Like I can't even tell you the names of my haircut. I've had my barber so long. She just knows winter cut, summer cut. I don't do, I wash it and then I just throw it back and wherever it lands, it's that's where it is. But I, I had to start a visor because at work, if your hair starts to grow, it's cold in California. So if your hair starts to grow, you have to wear a hat or a visor. So mm-hmm. I said, well, if I'm going to wear one, I'm not wearing some company one. I'm going to go get a Disney one. So, and because I'm the owner's, you know, best friend, I'm like, yeah, bro. Cause the corporate comes in. He's like, well, corporate's in where the, you know, the regular one. I'm like, okay, sure. Meta yeah. corporate's gone. That shit out of here. Put my Mickey one right on. Growing up, were you a hat guy or did you always like, you know, want to have your hair looking like hat? Always like it's crazy how I switched. I was always a hat. You you should see the hats I have too. Like I would match hats to jerseys. So like obviously I'm not a Vikings fan, but I had Adrian Peterson in a Minnesota hat. I had uh Omeka Okafor, if you're old oh, school. Really? Yeah, yeah. He didn't end up making it very well in the in the NBA, but I loved him in college. My brother's favorite college player. So we got his jersey and we had a Bobcats hat. And we have man, Vic. And, and an Atlanta hat, like we just had a matching and I would always pick a different hat and a different Jersey and I would, you know, go around and that's what I wore. And now I only wear jerseys on game day. And, uh, and I basically never wear a hat. Isn't that weird? And I'm surprised. I thought you were going to say, maybe you rock like the uh, LA Dodgers fitted on the regular, maybe a Yankees fitted on the regular, but you, you mix it up with the Jersey. I like that. Yeah. It, basic. When I'm going every day basic, it was either a Dallas, a Laker, or a Yankee, depending on what sweater I was wearing or jacket I was wearing or shirt I was wearing. But when I went somewhere, like you'll see a bunch of Disneyland pictures. Like if you go online to older, you know, if you could find those to old, old ones, like 20 years ago ones, you'd see that I was always there with, you know, people would be like, yeah, Vikings. I'm like, I'm a Cowboys fan, bro. you know adrian peterson like you know what's funny though is like i feel like i curse because like michael vick like murdered dogs and like adrian peterson got in trouble for beating his kid omeka okafor like didn't really have a good career i'm like damn if i wore your jersey adrian peterson's gonna be a hall of famer though so there is that yeah yeah some of those i guess that's kind of the bad thing about social media and everything nowadays is that you get so into professional athletes personal life it's like you find out things about them that make them make you look at them differently and kind of you're like man you know i'm sitting here rooting for this guy but off the field he's a piece of crap 
Yeah, the only the only one like that I ever like, man, I just haven't been able to do it, like put on the music and stuff is R. Kelly. I really like R. Kelly's music. I grew up on it, but I I just haven't been able to. Now, funny thing is, though, is is and I don't want to throw anybody out there. You know, the guy's dead, so I'm not just going to call him whatever. But, you know, there's been allegations against Michael Jackson, too. That's my favorite artist of all time. Like I couldn't kick him like like. I would play the music like in front of the kid that like, you know, said that he did it. That's, and I wouldn't even know because I just, I have, I, I grew up on him. He's my favorite. He's by far my favorite artist. Like by a, I love his music. So it's funny how like R Kelly, I was like, Oh man, I can't put it on. Michael Jackson. I was like, yeah. allegedly right i'm still gonna listen to his (laughs) if you were listening to like you know let's just say you're writing an article and you're on spotify or whatever streaming service you use and i believe i can fly came on would you change it i probably wouldn't notice enough to if it was on but i'll I'll say this on my itunes i had a lot of r kelly like i said i grew up on him like his song he has good music right but i did i deleted him off I don't know. I, I I don't know what it was that because like I I listen to the to comedians that are really like Not controversial true. or have had problems, but for some reason the R. Kelly thing I was just because you know what it is. Damn, his music's like is like a confession sometimes and it weirds me out. Like you know his music is it has a lot of stuff that that's like. Hey, let's not talk about our age and and like you know like I don't know it's weird. So I hear his music and I'm like a little cringy. Yeah, like he was hiding things in plain sight, man. Yeah, yeah, he would he would legit say stuff like age ain't nothing but a number or whatever. And like I, I think he wrote that for Aaliyah or something like that. But I was like, e, I don't, I don't like it. So I was so, you know, I, that's. I don't want to judge people on here. You know, I don't get into that. I don't do it with athletes. I don't want to do it with, with anybody, but that was the, that, that is something that's funny that I was like with R. Kelly, I was like, that's I where line, right? we all have our lines. Yeah. I don't know what it is, about. I don't know what, why, why I drew the line at him when I'm like, to, I, I'm really good at separating that right. otherwise, but like the Michael Vick thing, because it was dogs and that is like my, like I never wore that jersey since I was talking to you about the jersey hats thing before. Mm-hmm. I never wore that jersey after it came out that that he fought with. And I understand like he didn't he didn't get it then. You know, it's a culture. So it's not like he just didn't understand what that meant to other people like me, like myself. So I don't I don't I don't like really kill him for it, honestly. But I also didn't want to promote like wear his jersey and stuff because. I'm such a dog person that I was like, eh, I don't like that. So yeah, we all have our weird lines. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, Mike, it's safe to say that R. Kelly's been canceled. And before we get canceled, you know, one place that it's easy to get to do that on is Twitter. Let the people know where they can find you there, Mike. At CD Piglet. Nice and easy. Good transition, sir. We need to get off of that too. I was seriously getting uncomfortable. I was like, I just don't like talking about stuff like that. It's not my, not my thing. I know it's also in those situations, man, it can be easy, easy to misspeak and say something the wrong way and be taken, be misunderstood and make it seem like you feel one way when you actually feel the exact opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, uh, I don't, I don't remember. I think, I think in certain situations people have been to court, but like, I'm very into people's 
you know, thing in court. And like, like I try not to do the OJ Simpson's murderer thing. Cause he, mm, yeah. cause he, you know, you know, we did that last he, week. He, he was acquitted of it. Yeah. You know? So I, I, you know, you worry, you have to worry about stuff like that. So I'm like, OJ was acquitted of murder, right? Hey man. Uh, you know, we'll, we're just going to move on. I have no smooth transition from that one. Mike. <laughs> Guys, I'm Paul Ryan and you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. I'm Paul uh, Ryan and I think OJ didn't commit murder. <laughs> don't you dare and there it is. I've officially done it. Stepped over the line. <laughs> oh, you know, Mike, I know you mentioned you were going on a 10 day reset. I imagine yeah. it ties in with my next question. If you've been listening to the show for a while now, you know what my next question is. Mike, what was on the meatless menu Monday today? Uh, it was good stuff. Day three of the reset. Uh, things are going well. Had some bad headaches last night, uh, but, you know, I got through it and was able to sleep some. Uh, I had um, some scrambled eggs with cherry tomatoes, avocado, cilantro. And then for dinner, I had um, crispy rice with mushrooms, garlic, ginger, tamari, mm. which is soy sauce, basically. But it it leaves out the stuff you can't have in the reset. It's more of an organic thing, but it, it has the same flavor as soy sauce. It's amazing. And I'm happy to be cooking again. I'm cooking every meal, you know, because on the reset, you have to. And it feels good to get back cooking like the food. I talk a lot about how great Daphne's food is, but I, I do cook better food when I cook. Like I may cook, so I better be able to do that. Right. So even though Daphne's is excellent and other places I've been, you know, I cook really good food. So it's nice to get on this reset and get back to cooking and, and having some good meals. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, Mike, because, you know, last week I told you I had to take my dog to the vet. And when I got home, you know, he was okay and it wasn't anything too serious, thankfully, but I got home and it's like, okay, what are we going to do for dinner? And my mother in law was like, well, do you want me to cook? And I was like, well, no, I, I think I need to cook because I, I think it's going to help me take my mind off of it. I haven't cooked in a while. And it's, it's therapeutic. You know what I mean? And it actually feel, feels good to prepare a meal, especially feel good that day again to take your mind off of it. But then also, I hadn't cooked in a long time myself. So to be dicing and prepping and doing everything and just the, the smell that comes from it all, it's, there's something about it again. Like I said, it's therapeutic. So I know what you mean about, you know, feeling good about cooking. Yeah, that, um, that, you know, my backstory on me getting sick and, you know, depression. And I could say for sure, I, I flipped my life around. Parents are why, but the thing that, that got me to, to like out of the, uh, not wanting to be around anymore, you know, is yeah. that I started cooking and it was a creative thing and a thing that I could share with other people. Like, Hey, look what I could do. You know, so you didn't feel so worthless being on disability at, in your 20s and you feel like you can't do anything. Mm -hmm. So cooking absolutely is part of why I'm here. So um, I'm glad I'm back doing it. It's 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 you know, it's helped me get out of a funk a couple of times in my life. So absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, you know, Mike, let's get right into it. Yesterday, I don't know, you know, depending on who you are, was that an ugly win or a bad win? I'll never say a win is a bad win. Okay. I, there's no bad wins. In my opinion, you yeah. win, you're, you know, people forget that we just went on the road and beat a really tough Saints team that, yes, was hurt, but it's hard. They beat Tampa a couple of weeks ago right. in New Orleans. New Orleans is hard to beat in New Orleans. 
And then we had to travel to D.C., a team that's won four straight with their injuries. You know, Montez Sweat hasn't been there. He's been out. Chase Young's been out. Uh, They've had Taylor Heineke as their starter, you know, and they've and they've won four straight games. And we're coming in. We want Dallas and they're coming into our house. And we got up on them 24 nothing and whooped that ass in the first half. And then, um, you know, we'll discuss what happened later on afterwards. But they came back and made it a game. But in the end, you, you've won back-to-back road games against two excellent defenses. So, uh, uh, no bad win. Ugly? Sure. You know, the second half was ugly, but not bad. Yeah, you mentioned a, a key word there. And of course, road wins, right, Mike? And- uh, again, you've already talked about the difficulty of playing the Saints at home. And, of course, you know, you mentioned Washington being on a four-game win streak. But even after that first half, I just felt like this was a bad win. And, you know, well, just with the way the second half went, I just – I felt like I didn't think we deserved to win that game after the, our performance in the second half. So you think it was bad? I mean, you know, I, I say that, and I'm probably being a little too harsh just because of how – bothered I am by our second half performance. But like you said, there is no such thing as a bad win, especially on the road, especially against a division opponent. And, you know, back-to-back wins, I mean, that's that's big, especially at this point in the season. But that, that second half really has really left a bad taste in my mouth. I don't uh, I don't want to get into too far in the next week because we're doing a recap show here. But people think that we're just going to walk on Giants. And, again, the, the human factor, this is the third straight road game. Our O-line is beat up again. Tyron's out. Lyle hopefully is not going to be suspended. But we're going to be down offensive linemen. What's that? I believe a report came out by an insider saying that he won't be suspended, but we'll be fine. Yeah, that's good. Then at least we get one. But, I mean, next week's going to be a tough win. And if we win it, even if it's ugly, it's Mm -hmm. not going to be a bad win. Winning three straight road games, even if they're ugly, that kind of thing can turn around – a team from that that three out of four we lost so i know we're not getting into giants but i just wanted to put that out there that you know for people that think like well next week's a win it's never easy to win that that third friggin road game three straight in division brutal yeah and i mean we've already seen what happened when we we thought we could just walk walk in and play denver we saw how that how that worked out for us so let's hope we don't have that attitude yep you know going into this game against the giants you, you mentioned some players on the offensive line that are going to be out this week, Mike. Talking about Joe Philbin, th- does he deserve more blame for the issues with offense? I, I am not putting a speck of blame on Philbin myself. One thing, he was out a couple games with, with COVID, or, or he was in the protocol. I don't know if he had it, but he was in the protocol and missed two games. And then the, the, what he's had to deal with was switching steel to left tackle versus Kansas City's defensive line and then having to move people around. You know, he's only had two games with this full O-line. And in uh, the second game, he, had a, he ended it with neither offensive tackle. One got injured, one got kicked out. So uh, me personally, I'm not putting um, anything on him. He, his two games where he had a real O-line – he had to play the Saints in New Orleans and Washington in Washington. Yeah. So and and came out with victories. So I'm I'm not I'm not gonna put anything on Philbin. I think he's been incredible, the best we've had since Bill Callahan. So personally, me, I'm not. Well, you know, Mike, listening to our guy Brian Broaddus, he, he thinks Philbin should get some blame. The offensive line hasn't looked good since really the Atlanta game. 
and the shuffling of guys versus Las Vegas, the way Kansas City had their way with us, and Lyle not getting his job back when his suspension was over. I just, you know, I guess listening to Bravis, he kind of feels like Philbin has, you know, he hasn't had the best to work with all season. But at the same time, when he's, he hasn't, I guess, made the best of his situation, you know, since Lyle's been back. I guess, I guess the way they handled Lyle early, I think they were just trying to get him in shape. Because if you look last, the, the game against the Saints, he played really well. And they basically came out and said, nah, he's starting. Like he, he said, uh, McCarthy said, um, he did some real good things against, uh, uh, against New Orleans. And we want to build on that. So, and he's won everybody back now. You defend the quarterback like that, everybody's back in your camp. So, Long as he doesn't get suspended, I think he's good the rest of the way. And I'm, I'm just, I'm not gonna kill him. He's he he wasn't even there for a couple of those games. Like I don't think he was there for Raiders, and he might not have been there for Kansas City. I think those are the two he missed. So I mean, to to crush him on that, I just I, I can't do it. Understandable. You know, when you're looking at uh, the second half of yesterday's game, Mike, who's to blame there? I gotta put it on Dak, man. I I just. I got to be honest, if here's the thing, if he doesn't throw the pick six and they punt and the defense holds them and we win by two touchdowns, I don't think anybody's going crazy on this game. It's that he, he, that was a really bad pass. He, he didn't see the guy he threw it right to him. He put him right back in the game. And that is the one thing you, you could play bad, but like, that's why when everybody said this was his worst game, it was because he legitimately let them back in the game with that play. If they, if it's incomplete, if he sacked anything and they punt the way our defense is playing, game's over. We win by a couple scores. But because he threw the pick six, it it made it panic time because they we went three and out then, and then they get the ball back and and so yeah, I mean we got to be fair. We we I called him in an earlier podcast this year. I wouldn't put Mahomes over him the way Mahomes was playing was bad and the way Dak was playing he was better right, and I right. think Dak's an elite QB that is in a I, I personally think it's he he's uh he's worried about the O-line and it has his his uh footwork off and he's rushing his reads that's what I think I heard a no, another person say on on 105.3 that they think it's fatigue because you know you're out the whole year you have that injury, you got to rehab it, and now you're out there playing all these games, and he might just be mentally fatigued right now. So whatever it is, you know, he has to fix it, but I think his it's his problem the second half. Yeah, when, when I saw that pick, I mean, you, you see the replay where the defender jumps up and he's right there in front of Dak, and, you know, it's clear that Dak's not able to see what's in front of him, yet he's still through the ball. It's like, well, you know, you don't understand – after seeing, you know, the deck that we've seen earlier in the year, it's just like, well, you know, he, he's rushing it. He's forcing it. He's, he's just not, he's not seeing the game at all, but to make that kind of mistake, it's like, you know, what, what's, what's really going on. But yeah, like you, I have to blame Dak. And I also associate some blame to Kellen as well, because man, he's, there's something about his play calling. It's like, I don't know if he's having a problem trusting his receivers, if he's not trusting the O-line as well, like Dak's not, or, or, or what's going on, but he's, his play calling has not even vanilla. It's just flat out bad. Yeah. That uh, the, the thing on that play is he, he, and this is one of the reasons I think it's about the O-line. 
Dak on that rollout, his first read was what should have been his third. He went to the short part first and looked there. That's where you're going last. That's your drop off. That's your, your check down. Uh-huh. And he went to it first. And then by the time he went back to Schultz, who was wide open at first on the play, by the time he went back there, he didn't see Holcomb undercut it and he threw it right to him. So yeah, I think, um, I agree. I think, I think Kellen Moore, I, I do believe that, that they know they have the division in hand and they're kind of saving stuff up for the playoffs. I, I think they, if you watch the first half, especially the first couple of drives, they had some plays where Zeke goes in motion and is across the field on the hike and, and they did some stuff and then they got up 24, nothing. And I think they kind of went, okay, we play this team in two weeks. Let's not, you know, Bring it too back. much open up the playbook. And like I said, if Dak doesn't throw the pick six, they're, they win by two scores, nobody cares. But because it got that, as close as it did where they got the ball with the chance to tie, now it's a really big, like, panic thing. But I, I just think – I really do believe, and I've, I've been – I got killed on it for Twitter for like a week, and now it's like mainstream. Jerry said it, 103.5, the fans talking about it. I even heard on Catch This Fade, KD talking about it. And, uh, and so I, I was a little early, I think, and got, or maybe I wor- put worded it wrong. Cause I, I called it going vanilla instead of saying, holding some plays back mm-hmm. or for future use, you know, I said the play calling has been vanilla. Um, but you know, that, that, I just think, I think that more that, that they're holding stuff for the playoffs. I just, I just have that feeling that they're like, New England used to do that. We know we're going to win the AFC East, so we'll run our stuff and we'll lose some games here and there. But in the playoffs, we'll have this whole new bag that nobody's been able to study. And with with our team, the way they're playing, if the offense shows up there, it's it's over. Oh, the Rams ended up beating Arizona 30-23, by the way. Nice. You know, back, back to your point there, Mike, I feel like, the way that we beat Atlanta after the way we lost to Denver, beating Washington by double digits, beating them by 20, maybe even, you know, beating them by, by 20 plus. I, I feel like our offense needs, our offense needs a confidence boost like that. What do you think? Well, that's, and that's the thing. If they don't pick, get that pick six, if there's no pick six, they, what was it? They missed the extra point. Seven, so it was, like, it was 13, oh, wasn't seven, it? 13, right? Yeah, if they win 27 to 13, nobody's complaining. They won by two touchdowns, 14 points. They they dominated the first half and then just kind of said, okay, we'll coast to a victory in the second half. And they play the team in two weeks. That's a big key. So you don't want to give a lot up uh, if you don't have to on either side of the ball. Once you get up 24 nothing, I can understand why they kind of went. But, but Dak, then that's why we said Dak's the main problem. Dak just missed that play. Schultz is open right away on that bootleg. He should have got it to him. Should have been his first or second read and added to him. But before, because he went to the low read first, he waited too long. And, and so that was the problem. I got you. Well, you know, Mike, I'm going to trust you here because you, you are the football brain. So I'm going to, I'm going to take your word here. Cause I, I hate to, I hate to see, how can I say this? I hate to question Dak. Not that I'm questioning the signing of them or questioning him being our franchise quarterback, but I just, I hate to, to be like almost mad at him for how he's playing. He's playing bad. There's no, like, everybody knows I'm a Dak fan, but if you can't, if you can't, especially after that game, 
you may be able to excuse other games. New Orleans defense is really good. Uh, it was the first game with the receivers back and the O-line back and everything. In this game, Dak just played bad. He, he played a poor game. Yeah, I guess it doesn't make sense because I know that our uh, there was a a fumble recovery for a touchdown, but there was that drive there with the touchdown to Amari where things were clicking, but we, we see one drive like that a game and then we just never see it again. So I'm, I'm just, it's confusing. Yeah, and that's the difference. I, I, I had a talk with somebody and I'm going to, man, I'm going to be so mad that I forget it's at, but it's, it's somebody that I go back and forth with a lot on there as a Cowboys fan. And he was like, if Dak's that hurt, shouldn't we, shouldn't he sit? He's hurting the team by playing. And I was like, no, because Cooper Rush is the backup. And, and a defense will still worry more about a 50% Dak than they will about Cooper Rush. And Dak's got to be able to put together that drive with Amari Cooper and the two long field goal drives they had and stuff. So I still want him out there to win, especially that game, to give us a three-game lead in the division. Right. But there's just levels. It, it's it's one thing to say, damn, Dak was elite early on. He was killing, and now he's really got to find it because he is playing bad. Then to say, oh, see, Dak's average. That's stupid. That's, that's the people come out of the woodwork right now because Dak's having some bad games. They're like the average QB 140 million. I'm like, or $160 million quarterback. And I'm like, have you watched Josh Allen against the Jaguars? Did you watch Aaron Rodgers in week one? Have you watched name them? Tom Brady has had, had three bad games until the last couple you know, they just, it happens, you know, whether it's play calling or teams figuring it out and you have to adjust or, you just in the middle of the season have bad games. It just it just is what it is. And Dak's in his bad game area right now. He's just has to get out of it for the playoffs. Right. Now, Mike, if the team played in the playoffs today, would you be more concerned with the Cowboys defense or their offense? It's got to be the offense. I mean, yeah. you look at the defense, they're, um, they're top five right now. Like statistically, not like, hey, I think they're a top five. DVOA, EPA takeaways third down defense like if you're telling me the four things I want most to be in the top 10 those are my four and they're in the top five in all of them so I'm much more worried about the um offense right now now do I think our defense is good enough to shut down the Aaron Rodgers of the world and the Tom Brady's of the world Tom Brady, we can get a pass rush on, but I don't know about shut him down. But like Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, uh, you know, a Kyler Murray might be able to get some points on us. So if our offense is playing really bad, is could our defense give up some points? Sure, but if the if, if our offense can come to seventy five percent of what they were, we we'd be fine. So I definitely say offense. Yeah, Mike, I'm right there with you. Our it's definitely our offense, and our offensive line is in shambles. We have no run game to speak of. Our wide receivers are dropping passes. And there's no chemistry between Dak and the receivers right now. And I noticed this yesterday. That after Dak threw that pick six, it showed him and him on the sideline sitting next to Kellen Moore. Uh, you know, they weren't talking or looking at each other. There's, there seemed to be like a, a bit of a disconnect there. Yeah, there very well could be. Like, you know, if I'm Kellen Moore and I scheme up that play and Dalton Schultz is wide open, if you just make him the first read like you should have. Yeah. I'd be pissed if you you had the wrong read and then went back and made that throw after messing up the read. Like, if I you don't want to get too upset with your franchise quarterback, but you got to be pissed as a play caller because now everybody's calling for your head 
and you're like, no, I called the right play. You know, he's never going to throw his quarterback under the bus, but when they look at film, Dak's going to be like, I, I, I botched that one. You set up a great play. He was wide open and I effed it. Yes. Yeah, you know, we, we know that they have a strong relationship, but you know, in that moment, it was like, man, there seems to be almost some tension there between them. I think they're fine. They're really good friends, but yeah, in that moment, he, I'd be pretty pissed too, if I was Kellen Moore. With, with the way Dak is playing, can we win a playoff game? I think we can. And the reason I say that is because I think we just beat the two wild cards, you know, that, that, that are in there. So that's two of the bottom ones. We beat Minnesota as a team that might make it, you know, does Jimmy G scare you if you have Dallas's defense, which like I said, is playing top five right now. So I think we can win a playoff, a home playoff game against one of these wild cards. The Rams would scare me uh, if the offense, if Dak was playing poorly, because I think Stafford will get points even on, even if we're playing great, I think Stafford and McVay would get some points on us. But other than Rams, the other wildcard teams don't scare me if if I'm putting the defense that I have been the last few weeks on the field. They don't scare me. And I think Dak has shown that they still do enough to win the games. Like they had a couple 12 play drives for a field goal or a 12 and 11. They had the touchdown drive to Cooper. So I would say, yes, they could still win a playoff game. Now make a run. That de- there would be a lot of work on that defense. I don't know if they could work that. Yeah, Mike, you know, I don't think we'd beat Tampa Bay or Green Bay. I do think we'd beat any other team outside the top four. Um, You know, but with the way Dak is playing, you know, which NFC playoff team could we beat if we get the Dak we've seen since the Kansas City game? I guess you said said Minnesota, New Orleans, and uh, Saints. and the uh, 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 Washington, if Washington makes it. um, I believe they could beat the Niners if Niners make it. That's that's one that's kind of scary because it's not so much Jimmy G, but it's Kittle. It's the Debo. Ra- well, the running game. And then Shanahan, you know what I mean? Their running game is scary. But I just, I don't, in the end, I think Garoppolo would have to make plays. And if our defense is playing up to what they have been and our pass rush with, with to, to Jimmy G, yikes, man. Yeah. I, I think we'd have a good chance of beating them. All right, Mike, I already know the answer to this question. I'm going to ask anyway. What is the best unit on the team? It's, you know, I believe I, did I give you that question? Yeah, you did. What I meant to say, what the way I meant to phrase it was on the year for the year, which unit has been the best at its peak? You know what I mean? Because the offense is really good early and the defense has been really good late. Uh, I would still take the defense because they're top five and so much like, like I said, DVOA, EPA, takeaways, third down. Like that's the that's the four. That's the golden four. If I'm if I'm a defense that I want to be top ten in, let alone top five. So I got to take the defense. But I apologize for wording it incorrectly, like not how I meant. Yeah, well, the way you worded it, you know, my mind immediately went to the, the defensive line, especially after seeing what they were able to do yesterday for the first time together with Gregory Lawrence and Micah Parsons. I mean. If we had had that all season, I feel like we probably win that. I think we might even win that Tampa Bay game. And I, I think we, I don't know. I mean, we, we, I don't know about the Raiders game. And I don't know about the Chiefs game. But I feel like we might have won that Tampa Bay game, honestly. I think we'd have beat the Raiders, too. Because the Raiders are a lot on penalties. And if you're getting there and getting pressure more, 
I think they'd have, they would have had a hard time, you know, waiting to chuck up the deep routes to get the penalty because the, the, the rush would have been coming better. So, yeah, I think, I think if they have that full defensive line, they win a couple more games this year. You know, I say that and I, we actually did. We, we, Gregory, Micah and Lawrence were all healthy for Tampa Bay, correct? Uh, yes, but you're talking Micah Parsons first ever game. Right. No, no Gallimore, you know, uh, Osa Odigizua's first ever game too. And they basically had to pay a ton of snaps. So it makes it more difficult when, you know, you need that rotation. Yeah. You know, I, if we had a rematch in the middle of the season, I'd love to see what they could do against Tom Brady. God, I think we could beat them. Uh, so my- defensively. Uh, the offense needs, you know, Tempe's defense really good. So the offense would have to play up to the to the game that they did before. But defensively, you got to you got to be able to pass rush Brady with four to five rushers, and right. we can we we might be the best in the league at that by the end by the time the playoffs come around if we're healthy. You know, Mike, you mentioned about being early on a call three weeks ago. I, I was I was early on a call, and it seems like now everybody's starting to to echo my sentiment, I said that I felt that Michael Parsons should be in consideration for not just defensive rookie of the year, for, but defensive player of the year. And now fast forward to today and it's all over the place. Right, Mike? You know, oh, you, you were dead on. You were dead on. I was late. Cause I said, I said uh, uh, that he was in the top five, but I wouldn't put him, you know, as the leader. And you were like, man, he's coming up. You know, you were like, he's gotta be, uh, up there, uh, I, I was. I still had Diggs above him at that point. It was about three weeks ago. I had Diggs because of the interception totals. You know, I, I I thought if he broke the interception record, he could get it. But man, Michael Parsons, Michael Parsons since the since the Denver Broncos game leads the league in sacks, QB hits, tackles for a loss. I think it was and forced fumbles. That's insane, dude. And he's part time edge. He's only a part-time edge and had no help. Like his whole defensive line was hurt. So they basically, you put three guys on him and couldn't stop him. Dude, it's ridiculous, man. It's just absolutely insane. Watching him, watching his development, just the, his first year, seeing how, how much he's grown as a player. It's, I mean, you just don't see players like that. He's, he reminds me of LeBron James. Now LeBron James had way more hype because, you know, he was the King, the chosen one by then. But he came out that first year and was like, you know, if this, there was a lot of people that didn't care about him being an off-ball linebacker like I did and just said, he's a great defender. He's going to be a great defender. And they look great because, man, I, 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 didn't, I don't even think they expected this. Mm-hmm. Like, man, it's insane. He's, he's unbelievable. Well, sticking with the Parsons discussion, where does Parsons rank? and the best defensive players in the country, Mike. Could I make a case for him to be first? Easily, I could. Because the dude the, the, uh, the dude is seventh in sacks, seventh. He's 99th in pass rush attempts. That's ridiculous. That's not even, that's not human, guys. That's like, so basically there is 98 more people that, that rush the passer more than him and only six more have more sacks. Yes. That is, I don't even know if that's happened before. 
Like, and it's not like he has one of those games where he has five sacks in the game or anything like that. No, it's it, no, like TJ Watt just had that one where he had three and a half and it kind of bumped him up back up there with Garrett into the defensive player of the year. He didn't even have a game like that. Yeah. It's it's insane. Um, he, if you know, if he was just an edge, he'd probably break the sack record this year. If he was just an even cement, if he was just a linebacker, he might have over 120 tackles and just just be destroying. I personally am going to give respect to Aaron Donald, uh, TJ Watt, and Miles Garrett on experience. I didn't give Nick Bosa that because Nick Bosa played one year and then was injured. So mm-hmm. he doesn't have the years behind him that the other ones do. And as good as Micah Parsons has been, is unlike seriously like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, LeBron, like those Magic Johnson as a rookie, like just those guys that come in and you're like, oh my God, what what is this as a rookie? As good as he is, he still can't know what he doesn't know. And Aaron Donald's seen it all. TJ Watt's seen it all. And is now, what is he, like 60 or whatever? Miles mm-hmm. Garrett's a few years in. He's seen it all. So I'm going to put those three ahead of him out of respect. Uh, but the case can be made for him to be first. And I think you're about to make it. <laughs> Mike, it's, it's first for me. There, there isn't another defensive player, maybe even player in the league, that I would trade Micah Parsons for. I don't, I don't know. Outside of Patrick Mahomes, is there a player that has had the impact that Micah Parsons has had for his team? I'm going to say this right now. I 100%. While I think, while I put those other three ahead of Micah Parsons now, I would not trade him for for that, for any of them and another player. Because we have this guy on a five-year rookie contract, and he, he doesn't even know what he doesn't know yet. Like, he's, he's, he had to learn two positions. Like, man, when this kid gets an off and nothing tells you he doesn't work because they say he's in there at 6 a.m. with Quinn and it he, shows. He's, he sent Dan Quinn a text today saying, okay, so what's the plan for this week? And Quinn's like, I haven't even graded this film yet, dude. Like, you got to chill. Yeah, he's, dude, he's ridiculous. He's, I'm not trading Mike. I told people, there's still people that want Rashawn Slater, our boys, Dan, and they, no. You can't get me Rashawn Slater and Asante Sam for Micah Parsons. I don't want them. You get you better throw a first round pick in. You 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 better throw a lot in. But Slater is a really good offensive lineman. Really good. Yeah. He, he is nothing. I'd rather have Micah Parsons as a straight off ball linebacker that I think is one of the most under like least valuable positions in football. And I'd rather have him there, not rushing the passer, than than get Slater uh, uh, as an offensive tackle. That's how good Parsons is. And you know, you know how you know how we always say why off off ball linebacker doesn't matter. Look at LVE. The guy got the offense. The uh, the defensive line came back, and LVE looked like a professional linebacker again. Right. Because you couldn't block the front four, so he just got to run and make plays. And that's the off ball linebacker people like myself, that's mm-hmm. why we say we don't value the linebacker because it's so dependent on defensive end, not Micah Parsons. There's certain ones at every position, no matter how, you know, you could devalue safety until you get one that's like Troy Polamalu at the time when he was playing, you know, and then you're or Darren Woodson when he was playing, you know, or, or Charles Woodson when he moved back there, you know, so as, as, 
low value as I believe the linebacker position is, if you're giving me this guy, oh, put him there. Whatever, wherever you got to put him, draft him and play him there. If you got to play him at safety, he'll learn. Just play him there. So yeah, I I I don't mind your Parsons number one. I'm definitely not trading anybody for him. You know, so Mike, last week on the ACB Fantasy Show with with our boy Rich, aka RM Fantasy Bo, there on Twitter, I asked him if I was crazy to have Micah Parsons as a top ten NFL player. Not defensive player, but player in the league as a rookie. It, am I crazy to have him rank that high? Let me see. Oh man, as a rookie, uh, I'm not. I don't. Man, I can think of ten better players or more impactful or more. You know, like because quarterbacks so important that they're going to get five of the spots just. On being being great right now. Now, if you told me, how about how about this? I'll give you this caveat. If you're talking about top 10 players you want going from here to the future, Mm -hmm. I think Micah Parsons is in it because you're not going to put Tom Brady in there because he's older. You probably don't put Aaron Rodgers in there because he's older, you know. But if you're saying top 10 players right now, Brady and Aaron Rodgers are going to be in that. Patrick Mahomes got to be in that. Um, Aaron Donald's got to be in that. Uh, man, there's just Trent Williams is a monster. You know, you, you, I would have to go through each spot because there's going to be wide receivers. Like, do you put Tyree kill there? Do you put Deandre Hopkins in there? Do you put, you know, it's just, man, Even I, I'll say you're not crazy. Yeah. There's, there's an argument that can be made, but if I went 10 team by team, I would bet that I found 10 more, you know, but if you're talking to the future, like guys you want right now going in the future, you might be top five. Mm. Because I'm just thinking, what I can't I can't think of ten players off the top of my head at least that have had are making the impact for their team the way Mike is. Yeah, it's it's the quarterback is why because there's so many quarter because Brady Rogers, Mahomes, those three have got to be up there for for sure. I mean, how do you not put – he's injured right now, but if he was healthy, you'd have to put Derrick Henry. I mean, he's just a, a monster. What about uh, Aaron Donald? Herbert. Who? Justin Herbert. No, I'd have par- – well, quarterback position. I think Parsons is a better better at what he does right now than Justin Herbert at what he does right now. But it's really, really close. And because Herbert's a quarterback, I want the quarterback more. Just what it is. Because you know Herbert's going to be special. He's going to be special, special. So in that list of of top 10 players you want for the future, I'll have Herbert above Parsons. If you're telling me right now, you know, I, I believe I can get, you know, a quarterback that could be, you know, in that range. Now, if I have no quarterback, I want the quarterback. But if you're saying I have Herbert and I don't know Dad, Kyler Murray to pick from, or Micah Parsons and insert another really good linebacker, Bobby Carpenter, I'm just going to take Micah Parsons and I'll be good with Kyler Murray. I, I was sitting driving around today, Mike, and I'm like, okay, let's just say um, you know how I'm mad and like you can do the uh, create a franchise and like have uh, every player in the NFL in the player pool and you can pick, you know, any player out from any team. 
I'm like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a GM, you know, let's say the first overall pick might be Patrick Mahomes. Would you be surprised if Michael Parsons was the second pick? Yeah, because quarterback. Herbert, uh, uh, I think Rodgers would be up there, even with his age. Brady would not, but Rodgers. I think people would consider uh, Dak and Josh Allen because they're quarterbacks. Quarterback's just too important. Now, if you took out quarterback and said anywhere else because the quarterback's so much valued, I could definitely see that because it feels like LT. It feels like a prime time. It feels like a guy who just is a complete game changer of, of a whole unit, a whole team. So if you take quarterback value out, yes, uh, Parsons would be up there. But with quarterback value, people are going to take their Kyler Murray. People are going to take shots. Deshaun Watson would still get picked. Yeah. He just would. It just it, it is what it is. His quarterback's that valuable. So Joe Burrow would get picked first. Because man, he, I cannot imagine taking Joe Burrow over Michael Parsons. Well, it's quarterback, man. A, a really, really good young quarterback. It just is what it is. Because he Burrow, Burrow looks like he's going to be a stud. And if you're getting that at the quarterback position, it's just more important than what Parsons does. Yeah, I didn't get to see any of that game yesterday. I was listening on the radio, but apparently uh, Burrow and Chase had a couple of, of game-changing plays, some highlight real plays. Yeah, and they and the one drop too. Didn't uh, didn't did, Niners end up winning that, or they end up losing? Yeah, they ended up winning in the overtime. Overtime, that's it. Yeah, because I picked them. I remember. Damn, I had a great week this week. I only great. had three losses. Oh, very. They went like eleven and three. Shout out to Mike. If you're hopefully you're following him, you're getting some of those picks for our gambling audience out there. Yeah, I'm. Uh, let me see. What's my record? Let me look. That would make me 133 and 75 overall this year. It's pretty damn good. Wow, man. That's nice. You know, some people have benefited from that. I put them on Twitter every week, so they're there. All right, Mike. You know, back to our back to our discussion. Are are you more confident in the Cowboys from the first half or less confident in the Cowboys because of the second half? I'm gonna say more confident. And the reason is in the first half of the year, if I told you our offense was going to be great. You still would be like, yeah, but is our defense going to be able to stop anybody? Is our defense going to be able to do anything? And you saw it the first game, our offense crushed Tampa, but the defense gave it up, you know? So you're worried about that. Well, now that it's, it's not just that the defense is respectable or like, Oh, if the offense is great, the defense won't lose us the game. They're winning us these games now. Yeah. So now I go in, I go into the to playoffs going, well, my defense could beat a bunch of these teams, mm -hmm. regardless on if the offense is playing good. So if the offense can match that, what they did before, oh, now we have some trouble. Now, now we're good. On the other hand, if our offense is doing great, but our defense just gives up 200 yards rushing to, to the Rams, we've seen that story. Dak's played that story before where he's been awesome uh, uh, against Green Bay, got down 21-3 as a rookie, came all the way back. He was good against the Rams, but they gave up 200-plus, almost 300 yards rushing. Like, So we need our defense to be able to keep us in games, and now I feel like they can. And if the offense clicks, now we're a real contender. Not like a our offense has to be perfect contender. 
Now we're a contender that can win either side of the ball. We've seen it this year. So I'm more confident now, actually. Well, you know, Mike, when I was filling up the show sheet, I had my answer currently is less confident in the Cowboys' second half. But, you know, as time has passed and hearing you speak, it's like, you know, we've seen those glimpses of, you know, I look at the fourth quarter of the Raiders game with Dak, you know, brought the team back with, with Cedric Wilson and the receivers that we had there. Then you see the the first uh, what when the, I, I don't know if it was the first or second drive of the Saints game with where CD Gallup and Amari all made impactful plays that led to a nice touchdown drive. And then we saw it again yesterday with Amari having a nice play, and I think that Gallup and CD both contributed on that on that uh, touchdown touchdown drive. So I, I'm you know I think I'm I'm with you. I feel more confident in the and the first half Cowboys, because see, seeing our defense, the way it's started to come alive and knowing what our offense can be, having, you know, once that once the team is complete, then I, I feel like we can comp- compete with anybody. That that front seven we have, if LVE plays like he did against Washington, that front seven, who has a better one? Curse, Parsons, and LVE from that Washington game, because it's the only one we've seen with him with his defensive line. I've said it a million times, off-ball linebacker, 95% of the time depends on how good your defensive line is. Then there's special ones like we have other than LVE, Parsons. And then you have that pass, not just a pass rush, but like Dorrance Armstrong's playing good, and he's mm-hmm. rotational. Basham, is, he's not a great edge rusher, but he's playing good D-line. Golston is playing a good D-line. Watkins is playing good, and they're the extra guys. Like, they're not Gregory, Tank, uh, Osa, Neville Gallimore. That's your pass rushers. That's your pass rush unit. And and that's not even including the linebacker who's got who's just murdering the league right now. So, yeah, that I'm more confident in this team, and I, and I believe the offense will get it going for the playoffs. Dude, how nasty was that Gallimore sack where he just annihilated, I guess it was the uh, – Everyone. Or was it the center – just took him to the ground, got right behind the key, and took him down with authority. He 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 injured the quarterback with the the lineman he was blocking. That's how dominant of a pass rush that was. By the way, both those guys get healthy soon. We don't like injuries, but I mean it is what it is. He just he ran over those. He man, just imagine. But and that was his first game. Like he's not in game shape or anything. He is just gonna be who do you block? I was looking at it and I'm looking at one-on-one block on the play where Micah Parsons gets the sack fumble that Dorrance Armstrong picks up. Tank's literally behind him by a step because Tank got one-on-one too. And when you block Demarcus Lawrence one-on-one, he annihilates you. He has like a, a over 20 pass rush uh pressure rate. He's a he's a destroyer. Uh, and there's just – I don't know who you block because because so far in his rookie year, you've had trouble blocking Osa too. Osa's a good – even Tristan Hill, go back and watch the tape. He was in the backfield two, three times. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even mention him. at there was I didn't mention him at all. And he was in the backfield three times. He has such a good get off. And you can't help block on him because he's he's the like the, the guy you leave one-on-one. He's the guy you want on the worst lineman. You're like, put our worst guy on Hill and let let him take care of him. And Hill's getting in there three times. Like, whew, nasty. Dude, have you? I know you've seen the meme where it's Heineke's on the ground and Gregory's like laying next to him, just like yes. 
We're going to be here all day, buddy. That's what he's saying. You're going to be down here all day with us. Oh, man, that's a beautiful thing. All right, Mike, we have an old question that is now worth re-asking. I believe this is yours, your question here as well. But who are you worried more about losing to a head coaching job? Kellen Moore or Dan Quinn? All right, so when we said this before, I said Kellen Moore. And the reason I said Kellen Moore is because I like George Edwards. I like um, uh, our defensive back coach. I like I like our coaches behind Dan Quinn. I don't, other than Kellen Moore, it's probably going to be Mike McCarthy taking over. Here's the thing, though. I never thought top five defense. Mm-hmm. Top five. Like, I don't know how, how you don't answer Quinn. Uh, it, Quinn, right? I mean, what's yours? Oh, Quinn, easily. Yeah. How can it not be? And, you know, in the playoffs, if we're right about Kellen Moore holding stuff back and he just annihilates teams in the playoffs, we'll revisit this in the Super Bowl and go, okay, now what do we think? And it may be a different question. And it's all about what we have behind them. I think Dan Quinn's done a million times better job than Kellen Moore. If you ask me that question, Dan Quinn, easily. Asking me who I am worried about losing is a tougher question because I believe we could be a really good defense with with Edwards, uh, with a couple of our assistants moving up to defense coordinator. But top five, that's Dan Quinn. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm Dan Quinn. Yeah, and the thing about Quinn is I always heard or was under the assumption that Rod Marinelli, Rod Marinelli was the players' coach. The players loved playing for him. He always got the best out of his players. But then you hear about the same thing about Quinn, and then you're also seeing it on the field. So you know, it's definitely Quinn for me. I just wanted to add that because that was one thing. It's not it was never a concern, but it was like you know the players love playing for Quinn. It's like okay, well you know we've heard that before. Let, let's see what happens or to see what's happening. You know, to lose a guy like that, man, that would be borderline devastating. Yeah, I hope we get him at least another year. Just, just, I just, I think we have a two this year, next year, and the year after window that we could be, we could be perennial Super Bowl team if everything clicks. And maybe, and I'll be honest, maybe this is the year we have to learn that. Maybe we need Dak to be back another year. Maybe we win a playoff game and we go up and lose in Green Bay. Very possible. Maybe that happens. But this, this team, the next three years is going to be, has a chance to be really good if they're able to keep some of their guys. So I don't want to lose Quinn or more, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think if honestly, Mike, I think if we could keep both Quinn and more, we could be dealing with a potential dynasty. It could, it really could, especially if Dak comes back from the injury here, uh, like he was in the first seven games. I don't know how you deal with, with that defense, with that offense. Uh, that's, it's not, they give Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones and Will McClay credit. They, they hit and, and the coordinators who picked them like Dan Quinn picked a few of these guys, but give these, give everyone who assembled this, this roster credit. They put together a really good full roster for all three units. Mm-hmm. And, and they put together one that with a couple of good signings, could be if you bring back Kirsch, Gregory, Cedric Wilson, I think you could fill in around those three and and be dominant still. Man, we have to bring back Kirsch, dude. Gotta bring back Gregory. Yeah, I mean, obviously, but 
you know, my second second uh, signing he, definitely definitely first. Me too. He's he's a he's a leader. We need him. All right, Mike. What are your views from the sidelines this week? All right, I got three. First one, easy. Diggs locking up McLaurin. So all all that, and I know he got hurt at half. He still had nothing. Not don't get me hurt. He didn't get a catch on four targets. He got blanketed. So, you know, PFF or whatever you want to give him, he's an interception guy, he can't really cover good. When he needed to cover Terry McLaurin in a division game to pretty much lock up the division, locked him down, shut handcuffs, scary Terry. And you want to know something? I went on Twitter and said, no, Terry McLaurin's great. He's going to get catches on on Diggs, and Diggs is going to get him sometimes. No, boy, was I wrong. No, he didn't. Maybe he would have got a catch or two in the first, in the second half, but by that time it was twenty four nothing. That he he caked him. So that was one. Two, uh, we kind of talked about, but I'll just throw it out there. We might have the best pass rush in football. Mm-hmm. We already named the players. I don't need to go over it again, but that that line's nasty. The third one is: Is Hooker going to take Casey's job? Because Hooker played real well. Side note, LB did too. He, yeah. he, Hooker's had a nice few weeks. Sorry to interrupt you. He, no, 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 not at all. I talk the whole damn – I always talk. If you need to say something, get in there. Otherwise, I'll just blab through the whole thing. But I just – I look at how Hooker played, and he's far enough off that injury now. And, and I really like Casey. I like that signing. I liked bringing him from Atlanta. I don't think I think like Anthony Brown, he's getting killed a little bit more than he should. But mm-hmm. Hooker is a first round talent that's 25 years old, I believe. 25, right? Yeah, because Casey's 28. He there's a there's levels to this. If Hooker is healthy and in the right place off his injury, he's just a better player than Casey. Yeah. And if you're starting to play him now, he might take that job. So Diggs lockdown, great pass rush. Hooker, new free safety. That's my three views from the sideline. You know, it's kind of crazy is that Brian Broaddus brought this up it was a couple of weeks ago, but Neil, who was a real impact player early in the season, and he caught COVID and he's kind of fallen off. You know, players have had a hard time recovering from that. It would be nice to see him, you know, maybe be a, a contributor, but what what if he, uh, you know, because of the season he had, the, up, the ups and downs, what if we were able to bring him back on a, a small deal, you know? And if it was a, another small deal, yeah, if it's a small deal, uh, another one, two-year deal, maybe a, maybe one year and a team option a second year, I would do that because he, he was an impact player at the beginning of he, the year. He he hasn't played very well, but he's been better than LVE, and he hasn't he's not noticeably bad. Like Jalen was noticeably, you could attack him bad. That's not Neil. Neil, I think we just thought, oh, this guy's going to come linebacker he shuts down tight ends like he's good from safety and he just really didn't hasn't played great he's he hasn't been bad he's been connor williams where well, connor williams probably played better than him but he's been tyler biotish where yeah he's been beat a few times but he hasn't been horrible overall really but if you you can overanalyze and make him out to be terrible because the other players are so good around him uh, Curse is so much better. Parsons is so much better. 
So then you look at Neil and you're like, man, do I really want, I mean, I'd rather get curse. I don't, you know, Neil feels like a letdown if you lose curse, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So I bring him back. Um, but really it, it, because I'd bring back LVE on a short deal. I'd bring back one of them to go with curse. And, uh, my ideal is obviously Parsons and curse one of them. And then Jabril Cox coming back. And that's your four man. Like they play rotation. And then you need to have a couple guys that are special teamers, but can play, come in and play if they need to, if somebody's in. Yeah. I mean, curse Neil and Cox. That's an exciting trio. I feel like dude. Yeah. What? Hello. Did you just leave Parsons out? I mean, do Parsons obviously, but Parsons isn't a linebacker. He's not an edge. He's a football player. Like, yeah, he's, he's put him out there. Draft Michael Jordan, play him at center. There you that's, go. that's Michael Parsons. I like that quote a lot, by the way. I love, I, I, and then the funny thing is I'm not a, I'm not a butt kisser of Michael Jordan, but boy, was that guy right. It's like, I don't care what position you need. There's certain players. Uh, you don't have to, you don't have to, even if you disagree with him being the greatest player ever, you don't have to make it like he's not great. Like that's a, I never understand that with LeBron. I get people don't think he's the greatest player ever, but they like legitimately like, ah, oh, he's all right. I'm like, well, come on. He's at that table. Like he's at the table with the greatest players ever. Like he, he's a badass. So yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that quote. All right, Mike, one word describe yesterday's second half exposing but this isn't about dallas this is about the division okay division thought they were there with us they thought they're this that the eagles aren't they have defense line offense line this we beat washington with our offense trying to give away the game and we beat them we were up 24 nothing when the offense wasn't even playing great in the first half they were they weren't bad in the first half they weren't great. They stalled a couple drives in the red zone. They were one for six in the red zone. Like the offense stunk and we, we were up 24, nothing. And, and if it wasn't for a pick six play would have beat you by two touchdowns. So the game, the word for me is, is it, it exposed the division. And I think people have got to start to understand that if Dak's healthy, even if he's playing not up to elite level, just having he's not Taylor Heineke, he's not Jalen Hurts, he's not Daniel Jones. Even when he's playing average, he's better than them. So the division's probably gonna be ours until they those teams can sort out their quarterback position. So exposing. Yeah, Mike. So my one word to describe yesterday's second half appalling. Only three points were scored. Dak Prescott, Dak. Passed for a total of 59 yards, one interception, and zero touchdowns. I just, man, I hated yesterday's second half. And you know how I, I realized I think that I might be a borderline miserable Cowboys fan? I'm sitting here mm. watching the, uh, the first half yesterday, and it goes to halftime. It's 24-0. And, I'm almost, and I was sitting here like, I wasn't even that excited. I mean, I, of course, I was happy with the score, but I'm like, our offense is just playing so bad. I couldn't even be happy with a 24-point 24 point, 24 point, uh, lead. Yeah, it's all – it's – yeah, there's it, – <laughs> I don't feel like you're a bad one, though, because the bad ones – the bad ones overdo it. Like, yeah. if you came out – if you came out and you were like, we won, our defense looks good, our offense better get better, though. Bingo. I'm right with you. And – if you lean on 
Like, man, I love the way the defense is playing and all, and, and I'm glad we won, but we're not going to win a lot of games our offense is playing like that. I'm even okay with that. What I don't like is the Kellen Moore sucks. I told you. I told you guys from the beginning, and I don't care that he was great for 10 other games. He's been bad for a few. He sucks. He was a sucky coordinator. Dak's an average QB. Should have never played him. You know, I don't care that he was an MVP candidate and maybe the best quarterback in football for seven weeks. That doesn't matter. He's been bad for three weeks, so he sucks. That's a bad Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One that one that takes their what they what they believed for multiple seasons and they want to throw their bias in. So they knock out stuff to fit a narrative into their miserable bias. If you're that kind of miserable, then I'll call you out on it. No, if you're like that. Yeah, no, if you're like this, and that second half was appalling. Sure, I could go, well, what about the defense, though? The defense, other than one, uh, you know, drive where they kind of went prevent, they kicked their ass still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I could be an overly happy fan. Like, hey, take the win, but don't, you know, you could still criticize the offense. So nope. that goes both ways, you know. So I, I don't find you a one of those fans. You You know those fans. They're all over the place. Yeah, there's one guy in particular, man. It's um, you know, he he was kind of going on and on after the New Orleans game, and I understand that was a, a bit of an ugly game, but you know, he I've seen him, I've noticed a trend with him. It's like if Dak misses a throw, or you know, we we have a nice drive and we come away with a field goal or something, he's always quick to to question signing Dak and call him average and stuff. I'll I'll uh, I'll find oh my article came out sweet all right well this is gonna take longer now because I have to go through everybody okay free thinking at d underscore magic with a one instead of an i that's the one that's like man you're like a like I like him I talk to him all the time I'm sure he's gonna listen to this and be mad that I say it but I tell him on Twitter yeah. on there. I, I tell him like, cause he'll tag me and everything. And I go back and forth. I haven't blocked him. I haven't muted him. I really like the guy, but he's like, he like takes it too far. Like he does the, like, we'll see. Cause Dak's average. Well, you watch the first seven games, no average quarterbacks doing that. I don't care how hot they get. They can't play better than any other quarterback in the league and be average. You can say they're playing like an average quarterback. Absolutely fair. But it's the way he words stuff and tries to overdo it and stuff like that. That's the type of miserable that's like, man, why would you even like, I wouldn't want to be a fan with you. Yeah, like you're always looking to like make something way worse. Like he's the one that DM'd me about like, well, Dak should just sit if he's going to play, if the injury is going to play him like this. And I'm like, dude, we don't win that game. If Cooper rushed your quarterback, Qu- defensive coordinators play us totally different because that drive with Amari and those 12 play drives that ended in field goals because they couldn't get in the red zone. You're not having 12 play drives like that consistently with, with, uh, with Cooper rush. Now they have to get out of the, they had five, three and outs in the second half. You can't. And one and one four play drive that they need to improve, but you're not having those two, three long 12 play drives with the backup. So it's those type of, of fans. There's another one in there, but I, I can't find him. There's another one that's like too far. He like blames, he literally blames Dak Prescott for Mari Cooper not getting vaccinated. Like, mm-hmm. like Dak, because Dak, I swear to God, because I swear, I swear, I'm not even over-exaggerating. Like legitimately, he's like, 
if the quarterback would have came out and said everybody needs vaccinated, Amari Cooper would have. But I'm like, first of all, Amari Cooper is older than Dak Prescott. He's been in the league longer. He's been a great player longer. He's an adult human male or female. That doesn't matter. You know, but they he can make his decision on what he wants to do with the vaccination. It don't matter what the quarterback can say. I won't throw you the ball. And Amari Cooper would just be like, well, I don't want to do that for my own whatever reason. So it's just, it, it's frustrating. He, he blames Cooper being out on him not being vaccinated, even though it was nobody's ever came back in six. I was like the, the shortest, nobody had ever came back in 10 days. He did find Ben Roethlisberger came back in nine. So I was wrong on that. There was one player that came back under 10 days. Amari Cooper had a game, six, two games, six days apart. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. He could have been vaccinated. He's still been out. So it's fans like that that frustrate me, that just like try to be the most miserable, like take the most misery out of things and try to like the world is going to end because this happened. No, it's, it's frustrating. And it would be fine if in the first seven games they were like, this team is the greatest thing. And the, but they're not. They always save it for when bad things happen. And then they're like, oh, miserable. Look, I told he's there. They're frigging for Major League Two. They'll blow it in the playoffs. They're Randy Quaid from Major League Two. Anything that happens good. So what? Uh, they'll blow it in the playoffs. Those fans. I can't stand oh, them. Yeah, those are the worst, Mike, for sure. Well, here, as we're, uh, we're wrapping things up, Mike, you know, well, here we are with our top five category. And shout out to my beautiful wife, Hannah, for, tonight, for tonight's top five. Uh, she's smart enough not to be on Twitter, so you savages cannot DM her, even if you try. But tonight's top five category is cakes. It can either be store-bought, homemade, restaurant, whatever. Mike started. Give us your number five. Hey, the funny thing is, the, the joke I told you <laughs> earlier that I was going to pick in my top five, I'm so glad I didn't now because your wife gave the – and I would have just totally <laughs> – so I am glad I did not, I stuck it to, I, I'll just say this. I didn't stick to food in my original top five. Okay. So if that tells you, if you could figure out what was definitely my number one cakes, <laughs> I, but I told him I was going to switch it because I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. And now that it was your wife's topic, I'm very glad I stuck to food on that. Number five is coffee cake. Oh, and you can get them from Starbucks. It could be the little store-bought ones from Walmart. It could be the little Debbie's and them, the hostess. I like those little cakes. I'm diabetic, so I barely get to have them. But when I, it's hard for me on this, this one, I had to go back to my, my youth. And when I occasionally am allowed to have cake and crumb cake is definitely up there. Yeah. I want to do an honorable mention because I, I tried hard to, to put this in my top five, but I don't know if it's a seven up seven up lemon pound cake or if it's just lemon pound cake, but I always see, often see the combination of seven up pound cake with like a lemon flavoring. But man, just lemon pound cake, dude. It's coming. Gotcha. Okay, I love lemon. I love lemon desserts more often than not, especially a, again a lemon cake. But number five for me, it's uh, shout out to Patrick Nosey Walker because this is his favorite cake. Zebra, Zebra cake. Yes, sir. I know no see. Yes, sir. He will fight people over over snack cakes. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to have a food conversation with him. Yeah, me too. I love man. I just like to really talk anything with him. He's he's people got to get that catch. Just 
uh, Catch the Spade podcast. It's subscription. Yes, it costs money. They are worth it. They're, they're pot. You guys know I love this podcast. It's my number one. Their podcast is worth paying for. KD is brilliant. I don't care. I, I had said that before he was my editor. And uh, Patrick Nosey Walker's brilliant. And they're back and forth. It's why you got to pay the, the, the $10 for the video because their pre-roll is just, you could film it and put it on, on in movies and it would make money because it's that funny. Yeah, like I've told you before, I've had the pleasure of um, every week, at least here in KD and, and sometimes listening to uh, Patrick Nosey Walker on 105.3 The Fan, but just hearing them speak, they're so well-spoken. They're very funny, very intelligent. I, 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 I imagine it is worth paying, paying a fee to, to hear that Catch That Fade podcast. They're so good at, at like, I think it's because my age, but the way they hit, like, they talk about the Birdman, the Birdman hand, you know, thing, and, and yeah, just, yeah, the music they have is in my alley, and, and the references they use are like, ah, I, yeah, I know that there's, they, Pulp Fiction, they're just, they're, they're really good, man. I just, I, I, I really have a goal and I know it's just the two editors. Maybe it's not that podcast, but I really have a goal of being on a podcast, one episode with those two and just shoot the shit about the Cowboys. And, and I believe me, I can match them in references of their, of their time, of our time period mm-hmm. easily. I, I am a master at that. So I would love to do that. That's a bucket list thing for me. Absolutely. All right, Michael, number four on my list. I don't know how you feel about this, but Funfetti cake, the cake with the sprinkles in it. That's almost like a birthday cake. And there's something about it, like the added texture, the color, all of it. I just, I like it for some reason. Maybe it's like more of a nostalgic thing, but I've always liked Funfetti cake. I haven't had a Funfetti cake in a long time, but I did. I mean, it's cake. You're not going to get any argument on it. You, you, the only way you ruin a cake is if you get like one of those Walmart made cakes where the frosting's like, like you pull it. Well, yeah, you can like grab it off the top and like pull it, you know, those, my friend, I got, I got my, my friend one for his birthday once and he took a bite of it and he goes, the, the, the icing is potent. <laughs> never oh my god i had never that's like the worst description you could ever have of it's potent i was busting up i was like i'll never buy a store-bought cake like that again little debbies and stuff fine but none of those like they've been out on display for three weeks you know type of cakes no no all right Mike, what's number four on your list number four is straight yellow cake with chocolate frosting mm. old school style before um before i started requesting a specific cake we'll talk about later that was the cake i wanted at birthdays um it's the cake my 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 nephew uh, kind of basically not blood but but basically my nephew i'm like an uncle to him uh it's the cake that he likes and i it makes me so happy because it allows me to you know i can't just make a cake anymore because i'm diabetic but i can come over and get a little slice on his birthday Yellow cake, chocolate frosting all day. All-time classic, sir. Yes. How was number three? Three we talked about. It's the lemon cake, the lemon seven-up cake, whatever you want to call it. I love lemon poppy seed cake. Oh, man, dude. Lemon cake. You could throw any category. The little sliced uh, Starbucks lemon pound cake that has that white icing that after like an hour, 
you can grab and like it falls off, but you still eat the cake because the lemon part's amazing. So, yeah, lemon cake for me. Number three for me, it's going to be a black forest cake from this um, from the shop pastry shop on uh, here here locally to me. It's called the Swiss Pastry Shop, and what it is, it's like it's not a chocolate cake, but it has chocolate shavings on it. But the cake itself, it's it's almost like you know when a cake has been sitting out for too long and it gets kind of crispy. Yeah. That texture is like that, but it's light and airy. And then they use like a, a cool whip with fresh chocolate shavings on it. One of the best cakes I've ever had. If if potentially not the best cake I've ever had. And give the name again. It's a black forest cake, which is weird because you would think it's like a all chocolate cake, but it's not nothing like that. No, is isn't it a uh, a vanilla cake? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I know which one that is. Yeah, it's a vanilla cake with uh with chocolate shavings and then uh it does have like a chocolate ganache frosting right no it has uh well the one here at the the one that i've had it has a like a cool whip type frosting okay see the 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 black forest i've had is a white cake and then it has one thin layer of chocolate ganache then the white frosting and then the chocolate shavings and the idea is you get the ganache type like um um the chocolate shavings type texture chocolate, but yeah. then you get the like the smooth chocolate in the uh, in the ganache as well. Oh. So it's a little different, but but just that one little layer of chocolate's the only difference. Yeah. All right, Mike. Number two on my list: tres leches. Dude, oh. when when you find a good one, it can be hard to beat. I've had some bad ones, but man, the the first good one I ever had like almost changed my life. Yeah. Tres leches is unbelievable. Uh, I should say I didn't I didn't mention it in my um in my shout outs, you know, like like ones that didn't make the list quite, but milk bar. I bought milk bar last year for Christmas for everybody. Mm-hmm. Milk bar is based out of uh New York, I think. And it's the pastry chef that was on MasterChef for a bunch of seasons. Uh whose name is, is escaping me, but I'm, I'm putting out milk bar. That's her shop. And I spent like $160. I bought basically everything, one of everything. So we could try it all. And their cake was, they had, they had the regular birthday cake, like confetti cake. And they had a chocolate one and they were crazy. So I just wanted to throw that out there because they, I just got a thing from them that said they had a Tres Leches version and Ooh. I was like, I don't have the money because I'm going to Disneyland, but man, a milk bar Trace Lester's. Oh my God. Dude, I can't imagine spending that kind of money on, on a dessert. The way I looked at it is I got it for like my whole, it was $160 for my whole gifts thing. I think I got my mom two other things, but like my dad, my brother, uh, my neighbor, uh, the nephew, the neat, you know, everybody could have some. And it was only 160 bucks and it was like a big, you know, milk bar. Like, like that's a, we're not going to get that. Like that's in San Francisco and New York, you know, it's not in Fresno. So it was cool. Yeah. So what's number two on your list? Number two on my list, straight pound cake. Easy one. I, I don't need strawberries or anything. I just love pound cake. I don't know what it is about it. I just love it. So it's pretty plain Jane, but for me, I, man, it's, it's hard to beat, but, and butter, the lots like the equal amount butter to flour pound cake. Like the, my, my pound cake that I make is the one that I really, really like. So pound cake, definitely. All right, Mike, here we are. Number one, what's on your list? Oreo cake. 
this is not something any of y'all can get. You can make it if you want, but this is my mom. And I, I don't remember, this was so long ago on a birthday. We're talking, I may have been not even in my teens. And I said, uh, I, we were coming up with a cake and I said, let's make this chocolate cake, but then have, uh, get vanilla frosting and then chop up Oreos and mix it into the frosting and then have it be layered and do a layer in the middle and then all around like a, like you would a yellow cake uh -huh. and have it be an Oreo frosting, a homemade Oreo frosting cake on a chocolate cake. It is, it's insanity, dude. And then you, of course you have it with cookies and cream ice cream because wow. that's, the, that's the way to go. But I, I can't, and, and I'm no bullshit since I've had that. It's been 20 plus years. I've been getting that every year for my birthday, even as a diabetic, I, I don't care. I will get it this year. Yeah. I will get it when I get home. I'll be at Disneyland for my birthday this year. But when I get home and we have my birthday dinner, whenever that is there, I promise you, I'll send you a picture. There will be an Oreo cake period. Mm -hmm. My number one for me, man, pineapple upside down cake. Oh, my favorite. So good. Damn, I can't believe I didn't get that in mind. I got to look at my list. I was looking at like cakes ranked and all types of cakes. And I was like, man, that one's good. Because my mom used to make an amazing carrot cake that I wanted to add in here. But I haven't had it in so long. German chocolate cake, especially, I don't know what it is, a cold slice. I don't, oh. eat, I don't eat it very often, so I kind of eliminated that. But you know, it's cake, so you you know, it's hard to mess it up. Yeah, it, it was it, this top five was difficult, man. I I might have I might have should have put pineapple upside down cake ahead of coffee cake. Coffee cake was like that. It, I wasn't thinking of that one as a cake cake. It was like a snack cake, and I was like, oh, that should get in as a snack cake. Just a, a one thing, carrot cake, easily Mitchell's number one. He has that every year on his birthday. That's okay. his. Yeah, so carrot cake's his number one. So shout out to Mitchell and his top cake. Does he like his carrot cake to have pineapples in it? No, I don't think we've ever tried that. That's how my mom used to make it, dude. Well, the next time I make a carrot cake, uh, is it fresh pineapple or canned? Well, she always used canned, but I would imagine fresh would be good. But canned was phenomenal, dude. Oh, I'm going to do it like you because it has the sugar syrup. My mom just texted me, too. Wow, how weird. Shout out to Mama. Yeah. She gets, I swear to God, she just texted me right now. She's like, I know you're talking about that Oreo cake. <laughs> she a fan of the Cowboys. Will she come on the show sometime? Uh, she doesn't know a lot about football, but she has a Tony Romo jersey. She's a Bears fan more because That's Illinois, nice. Chicago, and she had to be. The family was. My dad ended up having to be one, as you guys know from last week. So, yeah, uh, we could definitely – any of them can get on. My dad, sports-wise, my dad would be the one to get on, like, I'm a knowledge on sports because of him. He he's gotten older and can't watch them all anymore. Like he gets annoyed, like, like the Lakers this year, he doesn't watch the games. So he's like, I'm going to wait until if they're going to play like this, I'm not going to waste my time. He's in his seventies. He's like, I ain't trying to waste three hours. If you're, you know, wasting my, like he'll, he'll watch a game. And if they're getting down and eh, flip it to Netflix, there's other shows to watch. You know, that's how he is. I got you. Well, I'd, lo I'd love to have any and all of them come on for sure. We'll have to do that one of these times. I'll get my dad to come on here. He can tell you about Mammoth before they became Van Halen. 
That'd be cool. I'd love to hear some stories, dude. Yeah, the pi- Pistol Pete. We're a sport. We're football, but still Pistol Pete. Be in there when Pistol Pete died. It's crazy. And there's an interesting Sirhan Sirhan thing. If you know who that is, he used to play poker with Sirhan Sirhan <laughs> or cards. That's name is not ringing a bell. He he ended up like bombing uh, someplace, and and he was like that dude was like a regular dude. I couldn't believe it. I was like, not that dude. It's like, yeah, he ended up bombing. I can't remember where it was, but yeah, he he like bombed a a a a place. He set a bomb off in a place, and he was a terrorist. But my dad used to play cards with him. He was like, yeah, me me him and his brother. I was more he was more friends with his brother or something like that he'll he'll listen and remind me of the details so i'll have them for you i'll be able to text you him but he um yeah he he played cards with him he's like this dude's regular dude ended up he's like what the hell no way that's the trip he has some good stories what's that i said papa crumb has lived quite the life dude yeah man and 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 because he's not like a person that brags about stuff i didn't know a lot of this stuff until i was like a teen and Pistol Pete, I didn't know till I was like 20. He was like, I never told you that. I was like, no. And he's like, yeah, we were just, you know, shooting. He's, he's, he's just not one of those that talks about, you know, his life. He had to work when he turned 15, his dad like went to jail and he had to work to support the family. And that's been his life since then is, is basically moving furniture to support uh, uh, a deadbeat brother a mom that kind of couldn't work. She was too big and, and the dad was in jail. And then she got, st- he got stuck with me and my health issues. And he got stuck with Mitchell and his shit he has to go with. So he just basically, since the age of 15, that guy has had to work to take care of other people. Oh man. Sorry, pop. Shout out to pop. <laughs> well, Mike, as always, I enjoyed the conversation tonight. Before we get you out of here, remind the people they can find you on Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. Letter C, letter D, Piglet. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. I appreciate you joining us, and we will see you all next week. <laughs>